Now, if you turn in your Bibles to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 43. Forty-three. I was reading in Galatians this week because we were in there, uh, reading through the Bible, and uh, here we are. Well, I'm a little bit behind, but yeah, we're reading in Galatians. Are we? Are we in Corinthians still? No, we're in Galatians. Oh well, I'm speed ahead then. Um, in Galatians and. It's talking about Paul and how he went out into an, an, into an area and that he went not by what man said or anything else, but he went by revelation. And I've been thinking about that all week, about how we need to move and have our being and follow what God is saying by revelation. Because it's not by what somebody else says or what everybody else is doing that we need to walk out our Christian life. It's by the revelation of what God says to us. Because he has a different plan and a purpose for each one of us. And if you go off and do what somebody else has done, well, it may not be the plan that God has for you and you can end up wondering why things aren't going the way that you think they should. And so it just hit me. It's just, you know, God's cool because you can be reading something and then bang, just out of it. And that word that I went by revelation. And that's so important for us to learn and to really seek God is what does God want for us each day not just you know the big plan and what is the big purpose of my life but each day by revelation God what is it that you want me to do today because he you know he doesn't waste days and and so um I was really just reminded that we need to live by revelation and as I was um, preparing for next weekend where I'm off to Kalgoorlie to uh, speak to the woman and then I'm preaching up there on Sunday morning as well uh this, this sermon came to me and I was like, ah, oh, okay, I'm not sure if I'll be preaching that. But then it turned out it's for you guys. So there you go. Revelation. So it's Isaiah 43 and verse 19 says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it springs forth, shall you not know it or shall you not perceive it? Some translations say. And uh, it just struck me when I read that how special we are to God. And uh, further down it says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. God says, I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. For I am the Lord your God, and you are precious in my sight. That's what God says about us. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have rescued you. I have called you by name. I am the Lord your God, and you are mine. When God looks at you, he says, you're mine. And he says, you are precious. I'm the Lord your God, and you are precious in my sight. You know what? Just reading God's word and getting a hold of revelation of that is going to give you a esteem boost better than any you know, anything anybody else could ever say to you. Because the Lord says, you are precious in my sight. And that's what he's saying about us, that we are chosen and that we just have to believe and understand it. How God actually thinks about us. He says, I'm your redeemer. 
And when he speaks, and he was, Isaiah was speaking to the people of Israel, they had messed up. You know, they had gone and they were worshipping me up in the high places. They hadn't done what God asked them to do. They were off doing all the things that the, that the heathen nations around them did. They, did not, they were not following the Lord the way they were supposed to. And, and here's God saying, hey, I'm the Lord, your Redeemer. And he woos them back. He speaks these words of love and he says, you're precious to me and I love you and I've chosen you and I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you and it'll be like rivers in the desert. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. And it actually says in the prior to that, in verse 18, it says, forget, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. You know, they were struggling to be a nation and they wanted to be like everybody else. You know, God wanted to be their king and yet they were looking around at all the other nations and they said, no, no, we have to be like everybody else. And that's why they had kings. That's why Saul was anointed king in the first place and then David and then Solomon, all those kings. God's plan was that he would be their king. And he's saying, forget the former things, forget the messes you've made in the past. Behold, I am doing a new thing. See, it spring forth. And tonight, I just sense that God is saying that to us. Behold, I am doing a new thing. And individually for us, as well as a church, is behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't think about all the places and times where maybe you feel like you've been missed out or you've disappointed or you've messed up or you've sinned or you've fallen away from God and you've, and you've missed a chance. As God is saying, behold, I am doing a new thing. Forget about that. You know, and God did some awesome things for the people of Israel. You know, he pulled them out of slavery, took them out of Egypt, and he parted the sea, and they marched around the walls, and the walls fell down, and they took the promised land, and all those things. And yet he says, behold, I do a new thing. Forget about that. It's not saying, he's saying, don't live in the past. Remember how I've been faithful, but don't camp out there. And so often when God does something in their lives, we camp back here, and God is saying, come on. Let's do a new thing over here because if you look in the concordance under new, you'll be astounded how many times the Bible says new. I couldn't count them all. It took too long. God is into new things. And every time I love spring because spring just reminds me of God does a new thing. And my daffodils are starting to bloom and the wildflowers are coming up in the garden. And it just reminds me of springtime. And every year God brings around springtime, I reckon, to remind us that he is faithful. And that when he plants something in our life, even if we look and say, what's happening in there, God? What are you doing in me? He's saying, just take, it's going to happen. And it springs forth. And it comes out. And every year he does the same thing. Is that he, you know, we plant the seeds and they come up. I've got potatoes coming up and pumpkins. And I can actually, I can actually grow, what are those red things in my garden? Radishes. I have radishes everywhere. The, these funny little things like to eat them, but I have radishes coming up. I'm very excited because I've never had a veggie patch. And I've got these, I've got these um, lettuces and, and what else have I got? Chilies. The chilies, Ivan is good at chilies, but <laughs> I can't take credit for that. But, but it's like it reminds me that, you know, that tiny little seed that you plant and it comes up. And that, that is what God is like. He says, behold, I knew a new thing. And every year he reminds us in springtime. I believe that he uses, you know, Jesus spoke from nature all the time. It reminds us that no matter what, that new things are going to come up because God is into new beginnings. He's into fresh starts. He's into doing new things because he's about life. He's not about just staying in the past, even if it's awesome, great things. You know, springtime last year was awesome. Yeah? 
And what God did in my life last year was great. But he says, don't camp out and what I've done back here because look up here. You know, I'm here. And I was preparing and I was thinking about all the moves of God that have been through Australia and New Zealand. In the 70s, there was the Jesus movement and the Jesus people. And, and, there was, and in the 70s and 80s, there was a charismatic renewal where the Holy Spirit came through and, you know, shook a few things around and then there was the 90s and the early 2000s where there was a Toronto blessing and God just whooshed through and brought new life and I realized I realized something I'm 42 years old and I've had a touch of every one of those moves of God from a little tiny kid sitting in watching this crazy stuff happening around me in the 70s and 80s and you know and charismatic renewal and Holy Spirit just moving I'd be sitting there with these goosebumps all over me going okay you know, and it's like every move we've got. But if I go, oh, well, I've seen that, I'm going to miss out. And that's what God's saying is forget the former things. Forget, you know, because God did awesome things with the Israelites. He's saying, you know what, you've seen nothing yet. Because look what I'm going to do. Behold, I am doing a new thing. See, it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? And that's what God's saying to us tonight is watch out. Behold, I am doing a new thing in each one of your lives. Watch out for it because it's springing forth. Can't you see it? That's what he's saying. And forget back there. It was great. It was awesome. But you want to be here. What I am doing now. What I am, what I am starting now in you. Um, Shara was talking to me just before we came to church. And uh, she said, oh, mum, I've done a whole lot of new things this week. And she started to list them off and it was, I've went out to dinner with somebody else, somebody I've never been out to dinner with, um, a girl that they're reaching out to. And then there was, I've had frozen yogurt and then what else was it? There was about five things. Every day of the week she had done something new. And I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I started to think about it. That's what God wants us to be like in our natural life. We, we walk it out in the natural, we're going to be able to grab hold of it in the spiritual. If we look for new things to do every day, it's going to break off that little crusty, musty thing we get of, oh, well, I just do it like this because this is the way I do it. And it's amazing how we form habits and we just do the same thing without even thinking. Isn't it? Think about Monday morning. What do you do? What do you have for breakfast? Where do you go? Do you go the same way? Wear the same things? Yeah? And we do the same things over and over and become these creatures of habit. So when God says, woohoo, I want to do a new thing, we go, oh, really? Oh. Because we're so used to being creatures of habit where we just do the same things, we listen to the same music, we go the same way to work, we eat the same food, we see the same people, we drink the same drink. Break out! That's what God is saying. Break out of that because if you can start to, to seek out the new things that I have for you, the new things around you all the time, when he starts to spring things into our lives and the spirit, we're going to go, oh yeah, this is okay. I'm comfortable with the new because we do get comfortable with the old. And you think that's just for oldies, don't you? No. These oldies, they've got happening happening over there. <laughs> Because they're only middle-aged. Did you know that? And their 60s and 70s are only middle-aged because they're going to live to 120. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but it's like we can, we, can, <laughs> we can get used to doing things and God wants us to just get in the habit of, of you know, we're used to doing all the things the same way and God wants us to get in the habit of doing a new thing. 
So this week, go and do a new thing. Drink something different, preferably not alcoholic. <laughs> um, you can, yeah, well, I'm not going there. I'm going to get myself into hot water. You know, wear something different. Do your hair differently. <laughs> oh, I could bring some hair down. <laughs> um, we <laughs> spray it a different colour. <laughs> Ken, I love you. <laughs> um, you know, it, it makes new pathways in our mind when we open ourselves up to doing new things. And, and it stays off other, you know, not so great stuff. You know, when we do things different and we're open to new things and we're open to God doing new things in our life, it actually makes new pathways in our mind. That's something to remember as you get older. It makes new pathways and we keep doing everything the same. We close ourselves off to, you know, we do everything in our everyday lives, it affects our hearts and our minds and our spirits if we keep on doing the same thing. And then we, we, God just wants us to be open. Life is an adventure. It's not a destination. It's this wonderful, awesome, big adventure. And he says, I have come to give you fullness and abundant life. And so it's an adventure to do something new. And we don't have to be afraid because what does the Lord say? He said, fear not for I am your redeemer. I have called you by name and you are precious in my sight. And if you just hang out with me, we're going to have a ball. Yeah? You don't have to be afraid. You know, the world is like, oh, you can't do that and you can't go here and you can't climb that. And, and you know, you can't go do, do that. And, and God's going, why not? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That means freedom in every area of our life. And as you start to break out in your everyday life, you know what God's going to do? He has room then to stick things in in, this, in, your, in the supernatural realm. He says, behold, I do a new thing. See, it springs forth. How does he do it? He does it by pouring out his present upon us and softening the barren areas in our heart. You know, tonight, that's what God was doing. He's just pouring out his presence. And when he pours out his presence and you get under that, you get under that spout where the glory comes out. Yeah? If you get under that spout and you just splash around in it and just drink it in and say, Lord, just soften those places in my heart. Because our hearts can get like a wasteland, like a desert places. Anybody ever been to the desert? Yeah? It's, there's nothing grows there. It's like, you know, barren and dry but when the rains come, that's where all those flowers come up. They're phew. And, and God says, you know, I want to touch all those desert, barren, wasteland places because when my presence comes here, when my water of the Holy Spirit comes here, it's like the desert, you know, up in the outback. When the waters come, then those seeds that have been sitting dormant underneath that God put there in the first place, when the rain hits them and the moisture gets into they start to germinate and then they spring forth. And there's carpets and carpets and carpets of colour. And that's what God wants to do in our hearts is those barren, dry, wasteland places where you've had disappointments, where you've had had people hurt you, where you've had people speak rubbish to you, where the enemies got in, God says, behold, I do a new thing. See it spring forth. I'm going to pour out my presence and my spirit upon you. And those places where the enemy is taken and given you a kick, he says, I am going to spring forth and I'm going to bring blossom to that place. And I'm going to bring rivers of living water to that place. And you know what? The enemy's going to go bother. Because look what I have done, the Lord says. 
So you go, God, you just touch me. And you don't have to be afraid because the Lord says, fear not for I have rescued you. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. That's what the Lord says to us tonight. And you are precious in my sight. And when I take hold of you, no one will steal you out of my hand. And the Lord wants to spring forth stuff in our hearts. You're here for a reason. You're in this place for a reason because God wants to speak to our hearts tonight and spring forth things where the enemy has tried to kill and destroy and steal from us. The Lord says, look what I'm going to do. And it's going to start like a trickle. And then it's going to pour out. You know, when the, when the rains come, they start as a trickle and then they come down and it's floods, floodwaters come. In it, but it starts as a trickle. God is a gentleman. You know, the Holy Spirit, he doesn't, he doesn't overwhelm us so that we're afraid. He overwhelms us with his love. He overwhelms us with his presence. And it's good because God is good. God is good. And the Bible is full of accounts where God is crying out to his people to listen to him and to turn to him and see him as God and us as his people, to see ourselves and our lives as he does, that we're already victorious that we are forgiven when we come to him, that we are worthy, that we are set free. Now he looks at our church and he goes, what an awesome bunch of people. Now he just thinks we're spectacular, splendiferously awesome. Now he takes delight in us, just right now how we are. Because we are his people. And we're already victorious and we're already magnificent in his eyes. Isn't that good to know? You can have a happy about that later. But it's important for us to open up our hearts and, and allow God in. And, how, and to, how do we start to do that? Well, I want to just go through some steps tonight of how do we start to just... When God pours out his presence upon us like he did tonight, and he, and, he, and he starts to soften us up. How do we get ourselves ready? And when God puts something into our heart, how do we run with it and start a new thing? Because, you know, life has a habit of trying to beat us around. And, and we can have disappointments that hold us back from God. And God says, you know, I don't want you to be like that. So I want to go through how do we start a new thing in God? And it's an acronym, S-T-A-R-T, just to remind you how to start. Because God is into new beginnings. It's just like when you have a little seed, what do you have to do with it? Plant it. But first you've got to weed, don't you? Well, you do it in my garden. You've got to weed and, and you've got to dig and then you've got to plant and then you've got to water it. So we've got to start somewhere. So S is to stop blaming others. That's getting rid of the weeds. Often we can hold, our, hold back from the things that God has for us or God, you know, he, he wants to do a new thing in, in us and we start to step back. We go, oh yeah, that's good God, your presence is here and then he, start, he, plant, he wants to do stuff in our life and he gives us a little nudge and we go, ooh. And we blame others and we need to take responsibility for where our life is at. And not go, well, I tried that and that person hurt me. Or well, they said they're a lovely Christian but they weren't. Or, you know, my family says that, all those things. Or I've messed up. We've got to start, stop blaming others and take responsibility and go, God, I'm going to take responsibility for my relationship with you and I want the new things that you have for me. Stop coming up with excuses not to move forward in God. It's easy to make excuses like I'm not worthy or I've done this. 
And God, and as Philip keeps on saying to us, you know, God, when you ask him to forgive and you repent before him and turn away from that sin, he has no idea what the excuse of, oh, well, I messed up, God, so how can I do that? He has no idea what we're talking about. Absolutely no idea. Because our sin is removed as far as the east is from the west. And he is cleansed and washed as whiter than snow on the inside. He has no idea. When you come to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness and cleanse us from our sin. If we repent with our whole heart, he has no idea because you're cleansed with the blood of Jesus. So stop making excuses for not stepping into the new things and stepping forward into what God wants to do because you are worthy. And when you come to God, he says you are forgiven. He has done everything he needs to do. So step forward into the new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. Forget the former things. Because the enemy, he'll try to chain you up and entangle you with all the things of the past. And God is always saying, forget the past. Forget the former things. I have no idea what you're talking about if you, are, if you have come to me. Pretty awesome. The blood of Jesus bought that for us. What he did on the cross bought that for us. T is taking inventory of our lives. Evaluate and look at what you have in God, what you have in what he has given you. If you feel you've had a setback or failure or you're disappointed and you're going, God, a new thing, ah! You know what? Look at what you've learned from your experiences. We have actually a book because we've been in ministry for a little while now, and so we have this book, and uh, it's what we have learned. And every now and then we remind ourselves, oh, no, we wrote that down. Remember what we wrote down? And uh, we've had a few hits in our time. And uh, in those times where we've had a hit and, and felt, like, pretty pummeled, I've gone, we go for walks. And in those walks we talk to each other and we talk to God, and uh, I come home and I write down the things that we've learned. So take an inventory of the th- where you are at. Because when you do that, your heart starts to, you know, open up to God. And instead of going, oh, no, God, I just, you know, your presence is here, but, yeah, that's good, but that's all. Let's take an inventory of where you're at with God, what, what you, how you are, where you feel, feel like something hasn't worked out. Instead of going, oh, that's a big failure. No, it's not. So what have I learnt from my experiences? What have I learnt from my life? Because if we don't take an inventory and think about those things and reflect, we'll just keep on repeating the same thing, round and round and round the mountain. You know, you can be 50, 60, 70 years old, but not have the wisdom of that age because you haven't learnt from your life experience. A 20-year-old can have more wisdom than a 50-year-old because they've learnt. To take an inventory of what you've, what you've learnt from your past experiences. What are our assets? What are your assets? What have you got to move forward with? What have you got to start a fresh beginning with? What what is it that God has given you? Your health, your family, your church. We're still on tea. Yep. (laughs) Ah, sorry, no, tea. Okay, so take an inventory of of your assets and say, what have I got for God to, to, to move forward in? Because this helps us when we do that to not be afraid and to not to step back, but to go, you know what? Count your blessings one by one. You're part of an awesome church where people love you. That's one. Two, I, you know, love you. That's quite a big one. 
because I'm quite spectacular. <laughs> what have I got to make a fresh start? You know, having a church that loves you and South Central, I, I, I feel so blessed to be part of this church. You know, I have never been in a church where I felt just so loved and accepted and just like, just awesome. So that's, that's a big asset. You know, we need people to be beside us and a friend, an accountability partner, support person to help us along. When God births new things with our, in us, he always has, you know, two are better than one. Yeah? And, and our church is great for that. And Jesus, he's great for that. He's the best partner we have. And the Holy Spirit, you know, he's our counsellor and our guide and he just, he hangs out with us. I can't do life without him. I fall in a big puddle. Yeah. We've got to hang out with the Holy Spirit. And when we're feeling a little bit stressed and beaten out, just go and take some time with him and he will refresh your soul and pour out his living water on us. You cannot do life victoriously day in, day out without spending time in his presence. If you try, you're just going to end up hitting your head against walls. He's the best friend we can have, but he also brings along other people. A, S-T-A is act in faith. Launch out into new territory. A change in circumstances, doing something new takes faith. So act in faith. Now, if you read Matthew chapter 9, now I was reading that and this is too many, but there's too many stories of where people acted in faith. There's, first of all, it stands, starts with a paralyzed man whose friends, you know, took him through the roof and lowered him at the feet of Jesus. And, and he was like, that was an act of faith. Imagine if you were paralyzed on this mat and your mates got you and hauled you over their shoulder and off we go and start digging up somebody's roof. And you, what would you feel like? Like, oh my goodness, they're going to get upset with me. You're destroying their house. I mean, it never says if they fixed a roof. I hope they did. But, you know, it's like, but they, he, he was, he had a bit of faith to allow his friends without kicking and, well, he couldn't kick, but screaming, you know, through the roof. But he, he acted in faith. The woman with the issue of blood for 12 years, she had spent all her money and everything she had on doctors who could not cure her. And she acted in faith. She pushed through the crowd, which was dangerous for her because she was unclean and the Jewish system of things. She knew she was unclean and if she was spotted, she would be in strife. And yet she acted in faith. She stepped out because she knew she had heard about Jesus and something was birthed on the inside of her and she said, God can give me a new beginning. I have spent all my money. I've lost 12 years of my life with this issue of blood that will not stop. And so she reached out as an act of faith and grabbed the hem of his garment. That is all just the bottom of his garment. And Jesus stopped and said, who touched me? Power went forth from me. Act in faith. And I tell you what, if you grab hold of the hem of Jesus' garment still, if you grab hold of him, power will come out of him into you. Because that's what the Holy Spirit's job is. He says, I will pour out my spirit upon you, sons and daughters. And you don't have to be afraid because he is the Lord our God who has rescued us. And we are so precious to him. So all we've got to do is reach out and too often we run the other way and God is saying, call out to me. I have everything you need and the things that I've birthed in you, the things that I've planted a seed in you, the things I want to rush into you and flood your spirit with in your life with, you've just got to reach out and hold on to me. 
I will walk closer with you than a brother. He says, and that's a good brother. Yeah? He says, I'll walk with you. Just have faith and step out. Success is often founded on some setback or disappointment. That woman with the issue of blood, she must have had setback after setback after disappointment. She spent 12 years. It's an awful long time. It's a long time. You know, and I kind of can relate to that story because I had a disease in my knees and I had it from the time I was 11 to the time I was 18. And I'd had setback after setback. I'd had operation after operation. I'd had, I'd had therapy and needles stuck in me and I'd had physio and I'd had strange things put all over me and yet I could, would not heal. And, I'd had, and you know, I could have given up and said, I've just stuck with this. I've just stuck with this pain that was constant, throbbing, aching pain. And yet, I had something on the inside of me that said, Jesus is my healer. Jesus wants better than this for me. And, you know, I, didn't, I would cry at night because of the pain. I'd be trying to study and it would just boom, boom, boom in my joints. And then, and then as I got older, it just didn't stay there. It was spread to my wrists and it spread to my neck. And it spread to my ankles and, every, and my elbows. By the time Philip met me, I was 17 years old, I was just like achy all over all the time and they didn't know how to fix it. And I know I've told you that a doctor said, if you're a horse, I would have shot you because they didn't know what to do with me. But setback after setback, I, I heard, I'd heard the word that Jesus is my healer and so I just kept on reaching out to him. And bang. He started to work on me and those barren, wasteland, dry, hurdy places that I had in my life, he started to heal them. And as he started to heal them and restore me on the inside, then his, the healing physically came. And from one day to the next, that, it was gone. But it was allowing him to work in me. So regardless of any setback or disappointment, you just have to keep on reaching out to Jesus. And often... Our success and our victory has failure and setbacks in it and disappointments. You know, you think about Edison, he figured out that around the 200th time what would make a light bulb work. That meant he had 199 times where he knew that it didn't and what didn't work. What an awesome man. No, we would not have had those thingies up there <laughs> without his persistence. Success is often founded on disappointments. And in it, we just, we have faith and patience work together and we just got to keep on reaching out to Jesus. And he says that if you allow me to birth new things and renew new things in you and, and just, just get in his presence, you're going to have the strength to do that. If you don't have his presence, you're just going to fall flat on our faces. It's in his presence that we get the strength to carry on. It's in his presence that he renews things to us. It's in his presence that he births new things to us. Some people will never act in faith because they're paralysed in fear of past failures or mistakes. And God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be people of faith and to act and step out in faith and to forget the past. You can learn from your mistakes. You can learn from the places where you might have messed up. You can learn from the places where you've been disappointed. But do not stay there because you are paralysed by your fear and your failure and it's exactly where the enemy wants us. Because he comes to kill and to steal and to destroy. But Jesus came to give fullness of abundant life. And he says, I have come that you might have hope 
and life. And God does not want us to be paralysed by fear. R is refocused. We need to focus our thoughts if we want to be able to grab a new thing in our life. We want to make a fresh start. We need to rethink the way we think about things. As I say, get rid of your stinking thinking. You know, and everybody has a measure of stinking thinking, I think. <laughs> you know, be careful how you think. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. We've got to watch what's in our heart and what's in our mind because that is, that is you know, what makes us act the way we do. What we're thinking and what we've stored up in our heart affects how we act. It affects how we're able to focus. It affects how we step out in faith. It affects everything. It affects how we're able to receive from God. So if we've got things that we know are not right or don't line up, I'll keep on us pulling us back into past mistakes, keep on keeping us back here when God wants us up here. We've got to refocus Romans 12, 2 says, Be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Stop thinking old thought patterns. And the more you try to do that, stop thinking. Stop thinking that. Oh, I can't think that. You're going to fall in a heap. What we need to do is be transformed by the renewing of our minds. It means we fill our minds and our hearts and our mouth and our whole being with new things. See, I told you God's into the new. Where there is old, stinky stuff, God says, grab hold of new life in me. Life abundant. Where you're in a thought pattern that gets you trapped, instead of going, oh, I can't think that, I can't do that, instead of trying to stay there, no, just come out of it and say, you know what, Lord, I've asked your forgiveness for that. I confessed it to you. And then replace that memory, replace that thought pattern, replace that action with something new. Behold, I do a new thing. Do something else. Do something else. Get your attention onto something else. And Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Get your attention onto what God says about you, about what he says about your life, and you'll find that in his word. He says you're a new creation. He says he has hopes and plans and things for you to do. He says from the moment he formed you in your mother's womb that he had a plan and purpose for you. Not just for off there. He says that he has good works planned in advance for each one of us for do. But if we're constantly back here going round and round in this thinking trap of where we're at or what we're stuck in or who we think we are or what the devil says or what some family member says about us or work colleague, we're not going to be able to do that. So we need to refocus our attention on what God says about us. If you're depressed, instead of going, oh, I'm so depressed, I'm so depressed, you know, you say, no, I have life in Christ. If you say, you know, I catch myself, and I, I, I learned this a couple of weeks about myself, is I constantly say, oh, I'm so tired. I say that. Oh, I'm so tired. And the Holy Spirit said, why do you keep on saying that? I'm so tired. Because when I start to say that, you know what? That's what I become. You know, and I have, in the natural sense, I have every excuse to be tired. Oh, you're so busy. And I'm like, well, no, that's not right. I have resurrection power residing on the inside of me that raised Jesus from the dead, that unstopped deaf ears, that opened blind eyes. I have resurrection power abiding on the inside of me that raised Lazarus from the dead after three days. So I have no excuse to be tired. Yes, you have to be wise. And when the Holy Spirit says rest, you rest. But when he says get up, you get up. 
So we've got to watch what our little stinky thinking is doing, that I'm not so tired, I'm not so tired, I'm not a sinner, I'm not unworthy, I'm not this, blah, 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 blah. Come out of that and refocus our attention on what Jesus says about us. Jesus says that we are more than conquerors, that we are victorious already, that we are awesome already, that we have all the strength and power and anointed to do what God has asked us to do. You have everything you need to do what God has got you doing. He says, you have the mind of Christ. Do you know what that means? That means that when you look at your textbooks, that when you look at your work, that when you look at what you have to do for the day, you say, Lord, I thank you that I have the mind of Christ, that I have understanding, that you give me understanding. And it works, you know. I've tested that out with Philip. You know, he was trying to fix this video player and he's like, I don't know what to do. And I said, Philip, you've got the mind of Christ. So he said, that's true. And he tinkered around and he fixed the thing. He says, that worked. Now we have the mind of Christ. And you might think that's all spirit, airy, fairy, but you try it out. We have the mind of Christ. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And instead of saying, oh, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, I'm this and that, say, no, what? What does God say about me? What does God say about me? Because it's completely different from what the world or people say. Amen? Blessed is a man whose delight is in the law of the Lord. It'll change your life. Isaiah 43, Behold, I will do a new thing now it springs forth. Shall you not know it? Meditate on God's word means rehearsing God's word in our mind. Think about it over and over. Fill your mind, your heart, your mouth with the words that transform us and break old habits. Fill your mind and your heart and your mouth with what God says about you. And that takes practice. It takes diligence. It takes rehearsing it. Yeah? It took practice to mess up and sin. We don't just, you know, mess up a big time. Just eat, you know, it takes practice to do those things. It takes practice to be... You know when you ever see somebody and they first try a cigarette and like, they start smoking it and it's like... <coughs> you know, it, took pra- it takes practice to smoke a cigarette, doesn't it? You don't just, you know, get the hang of it straight away. No, you don't. That's right. And it takes practice to hold your liquor. It does. I'll never be able to do it, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm a two-sip wonder. But, um, but I'm sure that it does, and I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to be a liquored-up preacher. I'm a Holy spirit preacher. But anyway, that's going to sound good. <laughs> but... It takes practice to do the things that aren't necessarily good for us. And in the same way, it takes practice to do the things that are good for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? It takes practice. It takes making it a habit. It takes choosing that I am going to do this. I'm going to be diligent with this. And when we do that, God is faithful and we break through because old habits will break free of them when we replace them with something good. See ourselves as God sees us and change takes place and the power to start something new happens in our lives. The last one is to trust God. Trust God to help you succeed. Depend on him and not yourself. You know, it's not always about trying harder. You know, if I just try harder for this, if I just try harder to reach out and do this, you know, if I just try harder in this new thing, I've failed, and I, but if I just try harder, you know what? God never asked us to be like that. The blessing in the Christian life is that we don't have to keep on trying harder. Praise God for that. We just ask us to live smarter. 
and give God control of our life. We don't have to try and strive and stress and strain. You're just going to get wrinkles in here or, you know, something. <laughs> My hair will turn grey prematurely. Well, I have heard of people that have got so stressed that their hair turned white overnight. I'm stress and striving and strain. Now, grey hair and timely is a sign of wisdom, so it's all good. But, you know, it's like, it's like we don't have to try harder. Jesus set us free from all that. That's the world system. We've just got to live smarter. Learn from what your life experience. Learn from them. But don't keep on trying harder. If I just try harder, just live smarter. And let God take control of your life and trust him. Zechariah 4.6 says, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. The Holy Spirit is cruisy. He's a hangout type of dude. And he just will cruise you along in life and help you to do the things that you need to do. And he just makes it easy. He says, my yoke and my, is easy and my burden is light, Jesus said. So it's easy. You know, my yoke is easy. I always pray for an anointing of ease. My, my yoke is easy. You know the word disease? That's the opposite of ease. Disease. You get that? The opposite of ease and light burdens is disease, which is from the devil's camp. His burden is easy and light. So we don't have to strive and struggle and strain. We've just better be, um, as my mother says, just be a hippie Christian. Get your love beats out and just cruise along. Just be a hippie. You know, because I used to be like that and I have to catch myself sometimes. I'll struggle and stress and I have to stop. And you know what? This is not of you. Stressing and being anxious and worried. And I say, I speak peace to you, mind. I speak peace to you, body. And I'm just in the ease God didn't mean for us to live this stressy life. When we're saved, we become new creations and God specialises in you and new life and new beginnings and new energy and new seasons and new and renewed hope and vision. And Jesus has the power to do that in our life. God says, I don't want to turn over, you are to turn over a new leaf. He says, I want to give you a whole new life. And we have that opportunity every day when we open our eyes. We are blessed with life. And life abundant. Every day we open our eyes, that is a new opportunity, a new day that God has blessed us with. Instead of listening to what the enemy says, oh, another day, another week. And you hear that, people saying that, same old thing. No, God says, I have given you new life. This day is a gift from me. And this is a new beginning and new things for you this day. So don't let the enemy steal from you any longer. You wake up tomorrow morning and say, praise the Lord, it's a new day. What have you got for me today? Because it's a new beginning. That's why God says everything's new. It's a new day. It's a new season. It's a new life. New, 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 new. Amen? Have you got that? God's word is good, isn't it? Ask God to pour his Holy Spirit into you. Spring forth new things in you. Get the habit of doing new things. I challenge you this week, before Wednesday when you have Connect Group, I challenge you to have done something new in the natural. Something new. Can you do that? 
Connect group leaders, ask your connect group. What is it that you have done new this week? It doesn't have to be some mountain moving awesome thing, but go for it. If you want to, but just something new. Do your hair different. Wear something different. Go eat something different. Try cooking something different. Yeah? Because when we grasp new things, I tell you what, God can flood in and our little self gets out of the way and we go, yep, move over here. Here God comes. And then new opportunities come because our life is open to it. So do something new. Before Wednesday, do something new. Amen? God is into new things. It's an adventure, our life is an adventure, and it is a gift. It is a gift. Don't let's waste the gift that God has given us. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that we can trust you, that you are our redeemer, that you love us so much, that we are so precious to you. It kind of blows you away when you get hold of that. That you look at us and you delight in us and you so want us to grasp hold of all that you have given us, that you want to put into our life. And so, Lord, I pray that we would just move out of the way and let you in. That the things that would hold us back from that, help us, Lord, just to refocus our attention on the new things instead of the past. Even if it has been great and new, we don't, we're not meant to camp out there, Lord. So help us to look forward, to know how awesome we already are in your sight. Holy Spirit, take the words that I've spoken tonight from your heart and I pray that they would birth new things by the power of your Holy Spirit, that they would birth new things in Jesus' name, new things, new vision would spring forth, new hope would spring forth, new dreams would spring forth. Lord, that the past would break off in the name of Jesus and we would be able to receive those seeds of new things and that they would spring forth as we get into your presence, that they would spring forth and they would bring things forth that we have not even imagined before, Lord, that you would bring forth things in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would flood over us, that you'd pour out over us, like a river, like rivers in the desert where there has been wasteland, that you would bring forth seeds of renewal. You would bring forth seeds of goodness, Lord, that they would blossom in our lives and that we would look and we would look at each other and say, look what the Lord has done. And we would rejoice in singing, Lord, and we would rejoice in what you have done in our lives. Lord, I know that this is from your heart. I know that it's for each one of us. So I just pray that we would receive it. Receive it tonight in Jesus' name. And I come against every plan of the enemy to cause any harm, to cause any dispute to this, to cause any lies to be whispered in our ears, that we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. I pray in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Be blessed.